Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because He overcame. We are to always pray. And everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well-respected. And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective. your host, Pastor Kelvin. I'm excited to be on with you guys tonight. Season three, episode two of the podcast. And in the green room tonight, well, let me hold on. I want to give her a big shout out in just a moment, but just, just give me one second. Those of you that are out there now, I see about three or four that you, of you that are logging on. Thank you for logging in. Thank you for joining on tonight. If you would do me the huge honor of taking a moment and please sharing this tag somebody, invite them, bring them in. We ran into a couple snags on the pages, but nevertheless, we're making it work on tonight. So welcome, welcome, welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Invite some people into the room with us on tonight. Share the page, share the link, invite them into the room. Listen, in the green room tonight, I've got my sister with me. I'm going to bring her on. I'm so excited. You heard my preacher's voice. It's been a while since I hollered, so uh, my voice is a little off, but we're going to work with it anyway. Elder, pastor, executive, entrepreneur, all of those things. Uh, elder, sister, past all of those things. Miriam Dix is in the green room. I want to get ready to bring her in. And there she is. What's Good evening. Up? How you doing? Hold on. Let me give you your intro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> good to be in the house today. It's good to have you back. How have you been? All is well. All is well. I cannot complain. Wouldn't do no good anyway. Amen. <laughs> but listen, uh, you stand on your own. So I know my brother's out there watching past Anthony, but let me go ahead and say, sis, you doing the thing right now because you look totally different, just a little. Always been a beautiful woman. Amen. But Thank what you. have you been doing? What's going on? So I, I was trying to remember how long it's been since we've done the first one together on Pastor's mm -hmm. Perspective. And I can't remember. I think it's probably been somewhere around five, six months, maybe yeah. something like that. But I started this health journey, this fitness journey, um, really a wellness journey. I was feeling sick. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was on meds. Um, couldn't couldn't sleep. I was getting too, I was too heavy. Couldn't sleep at night, indigestion, sitting up because you got heartburn. And like, you know, that's not life. Knees that's hurting, right. hips hurting, all kinds of things happening because I wasn't healthy. And so I decided that I was going to go on this wellness journey. And I found a program that fit my personality and uh, my lifestyle. 
And so I, I started uh, this wellness journey with a program called E2M Fitness. And okay. I have since lost, since I started the program, I lost 50 pounds and I feel wonderful. My knees don't hurt. My hips don't <laughs> hurt. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm bloated when I go to bed at night trying to sit up because I ate too late, can't go lay down, feel like food coming. You know, all the stuff we do to ourselves. Why we do that to ourselves? But I feel amazing um, since I've been on this journey. And uh, I've got 10 more pounds to go. My goal was 60 pounds. I got 10 more right. pounds to go, but y'all know how that goes. The last 10 pounds are always the hardest. So I'm just plugging away. If I lose two pounds here, two pounds there, that's fine. We're still making progress. My motto is progress over perfection, right? right. So I'm not trying to be perfect as long as I'm making progress. And so that has been uh, something that has kept me going and kept me in this, in this uh, journey, on this journey. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, sis, from your bro, you have done a wonderful job. You can see it in your skin. You're just glowing. Oh, thank you, sir. It, thank you. That's all, that <laughs> <laughs> That's all that water. That's all that water. And I, <laughs> I, know, I know pastors out there like, yep, yep. <laughs> Actually, pastor had a, we had dual commitments tonight. So okay. he is, he is ministering. <laughs> so both of you all out there doing your thing tonight. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, we're in that season where uh, we might have touched on this a little bit last time where we're about to be empty nesters. We're right where you are. Right. So oh, you yeah. got your your youngest is a senior in high school. So I'm by myself. It's not like I, you know, have to do anything downstairs, go cook. Nobody's home. <laughs> isn't that crazy? My face just contorted just a little bit because yesterday um, Nicole beat me home and I was uh, I got off work, went to the gym, mm -hmm. came out the church, did some things, got home. And we were home. She was in her part of the house doing her thing for paparazzi. I was in, mm -hmm. I walked in, did my thing. And we finally got together and we're like, where's Josh? Oh, he's doing his thing with his friends. Isn't that crazy? Look, there we go. Listen, look, look at this. Look oh. at this. <laughs> hey, boo. <laughs> what are you saying? Let the Lord use you, sir. God bless you, bro. Thank you for job for dropping by. Let the Lord, just like sis said, let the Lord use you all tonight. <laughs> but sis, it is weird because, you know, he's doing his thing now. And I was talking to uh, Nicole, I said, because we never really had to talk much about curfew or anything because he changed, he's changed schools. He's varsity football. He's track. He's senior. Mm -hmm, he's doing mm -hmm. all of the stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to go with my friends. I'm going to ride with my friends. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do right. that. In my mind, I'm like, Man, it's quiet. <laughs> it's quiet. It's quiet. And uh, so Kennedy's doing the same sort of thing. She is varsity cheerleader. Uh, this is her senior year. She has a part-time job because she has right. early dismissal. And so today she went to school, went to work. I haven't seen, I went by her job because I went to shop. And then, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time I saw her today because I went by her job to shop. And I won't see her until like 9, 30, 10 o'clock tonight because she has practice after she gets off from work. So right. it's been it's been a definitely uh, a transition mm -hmm. into that whole space of empty nesting after you've been so involved in your children's lives mm -hmm. for, you know, the past um, you know 20 plus years, actually. That's right. Um, and so you got to learn stuff like I was thinking the other day I need to put up something on Facebook to get some help, some advice. How do you <laughs> learn how to cook for two? After you've been cooking for five, like, how do you not waste food? Like, what should my regimen be like? How, how can I make this work? Because I'm so like a fish out of water. It's, it's an odd thing. And it's crazy because all of the, you know, our network, we have such a similar network of friends. 
and they're they're growing. They're, some of their kids are growing, and and some of my friends have grandkids. Yes, yes. My sister is a grandmother now. My my niece got married uh, back uh -huh. in the early part of the year, and she just had a little boy. Uh, he's probably three weeks old, and so I guess that's my grand nephew. Is that how that works? <laughs> that's or right, great nephew. Or, I'm not quite sure how that works, great but nephew. yes. I mean, we're in that season. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm, I, you yeah. know, in my career path, I'm looking at maybe three, five more solid years of going hard, but I'm really starting to slow down and think about how I can start transitioning out. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in the mindset of where are the kids and the kids are all gone. <laughs> they're gone. They're gone. Listen, they're, it's they're crazy. Gone. It's crazy. Before we get too far, I want to give a shout out to Lady Nicole Steele for my lovely earrings tonight. These are paparazzi, nickel free, lead free earrings yes yes she hooks me up <laughs> well, <laughs> Lady Nicole is at baking class tonight doing her thing getting some hours in uh how they say get in the bag that's so right. she, she's doing that's it right. so, that's right she, i can almost imagine her texting you when she sees us on the replay with shout out to paparazzi <laughs> rise to shine jewelry <laughs> nicola yes. Free. thank you for the shout out shout out <laughs> so for those of you that are coming in on youtube i see people coming in on youtube i see twitter uh thank you for all of you that are out there i don't think you can you can reach yeah you can reshare it on twitter if you would do me the honor of taking a moment and sharing this on your timeline let's get some people in we're going to have a great discussion tonight i promise you we are but before we even go any further uh, Miriam, would you do me the favor, do me the honor, let the people know, someone that may not know you, may not understand, why Why did Pastor Kelvin bring this particular woman of God on tonight? Why, why is she on the show? If you missed the first episode when we were on oh, together, wow. you missed something special. But if you saw that, you will understand why she's back again, right? So if you would, sis, go ahead, take a few minutes, let the people know who you are, your business, all of that good stuff. Floor is yours. Wow. Well, thank you so much. And hello to everyone out there. Uh, nice to see you kind of sort of virtually. <laughs> but my name is Miriam uh, Perryman Dix. My husband calls Miriam Denise Perryman Dix my whole name on everything that he does. But I am, um, an, as Pastor said, Pastor Kelvin said, executive, pastor, entrepreneur. My background is really a mix between ministry and the marketplace. As I was coming up along um, my faith journey, I was uh, I got saved at 23, um, joined the church, got married to to the executive pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the track to become an ordained deacon. Right. So a deacon before I even got married, because I felt a call in my life for ministry. Right. And so that was the track that I was on before I became you know, a first lady. And so over the years. Um, at, well, at the same time that I was on that track, um, feeling the call, the sense to ministry, I was also cutting my teeth um, in the executive realm. So joined the church, started a track to to learn uh, about ministry and how it was I was going to fit in. But at the same time, I was working for um, Palmetto Health at the time, now part mm -hmm. of Prisma Health. And I was one of few uh, black managers um, in the organization. 
and I had an opportunity because I had a scholarship. I was a, I was on the dean's list when I was getting a master's of healthcare administration from USC, and I was um, able to get a scholarship that exposed me to senior leadership across the board from Palmetto Health, Richland Baptist, Easley, all of its uh, campuses. And I had an opportunity to really get mentored by the COO, by the CFO, um, uh, opportunities to have meetings and just really pick the brains of the chief um, executive officers of the organization. And so my trajectory in management was not common Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there was favor there. That's right. I can't say I was so smart. I was so good. I was favored. That's and right. I took advantage of that favor to make sure that, you know, I represented well. That's right. <laughs> and that uh, took me to different places. So, I, you know, after I left Palmetto Health and we moved to the upstate for my husband to pastor, a senior pastor, um, I began consulting. My, mm-hmm. my background, even though I started in healthcare, uh, I've always been in operations. And so um, I started uh, to consult for major organizations that you know took me across the country. I had different states that were my territories, uh, different systems that I had to consult for. And then finally, um, I decided to open up my own company, my own consulting firm. And I did that about seven years ago. I opened up my own company. And on all along that journey, as I was progressing, you know, in my executive ranks, I That's also right. was progressing in ministry. Okay. <laughs> so I began to um, feel the call, the push to do more, to 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 seek God differently. And uh, two years ago, three years ago, I was licensed as a minister. And two years ago, I was ordained as an elder. All and once right. I was ordained as an elder, um, by our uh, fellowship, we belong to the Christian Covenant Fellowship of Ministries with our presiding prelate being Bishop Michael A. Blue. Once that ordination took place, when I got back home, my role at my home church is executive pastor. And I bring all of that operational experience and expertise to the church. That's right. And uh, not too long after that, I begin to add churches into the industries in which I consult for. So my business, 180 Management Group, is is a boutique operations consulting firm. I say boutique because I don't serve every industry. You got to know where your strengths are. I serve the nonprofit industry. I serve churches and I serve healthcare organizations. That is where uh, my core strengths are. And I try not to dilute them. And so um, an operations consulting firm is, um, if you've never heard of that before, operations consulting. Operations is really the backbone of any organization. If you want to see a vision or a mission realized, it's only going to happen if you have effective operations. Operations is comprised of your people, right? What staff do you have? Um, Your processes. How do you get the work done? And your planning, which is the reporting side of it. How are you managing what it is that you're doing? And so our company takes a look at those particular um, areas of the organization to see where it might be that we can make you more efficient and effective so you can reach that vision. We help leaders and visionaries get their vision to come to pass, right? We are supporting, we walk beside you to make sure that whatever we can do to help make sure that that vision comes to pass, we do that. 
even if that means that we're finding other vendors, other consultants that are going to be more specific in an area. If you need marketing, you know, we'll we'll make sure that we uh, contact marketing firms. If you need IT, if you need financial support, bookkeeping, you know, all those sorts of things, we have relationships with a lot of different areas of operations, even if it's not something that we solely do in-house. And so I've been an operations consultant um, on my own for the last seven years. Wow. Um, and in that time period, I've also been an adjunct professor. Okay. <laughs> I've taught, um, uh, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you do a lot of things. That's right. To make sure that you are, you know, especially in the beginning phases of starting up your, your company, you are, you're doing a lot of things to make sure you can bring money in. That's right. I'm being very specific here. You need money to make a business grow. <laughs> oh, I hope you, you all are listening revenue. out there. That's right. You got to have capital. And you got to. You've got to. And so I was an adjunct professor for uh, Webster in their um, uh, graduate program. I taught healthcare finance, introduction to healthcare management, organizational behavior. And then I taught at um, ECPI for a little while in their undergraduate healthcare administration program. I taught uh, healthcare law and I taught. Um, some general healthcare admin as well. And so, uh, you know, I've been the adjunct professor and that sharpened all my skills. Let me tell mm -hmm. you, developing curriculum, mm -hmm. teaching, mm -hmm. evaluation, those are skills that I, I use as a consultant every day. Wow. So even though it seemed like something kind of off, right. it was all working for my good. <laughs> but yes, so that is, that is who I am. That's what I do. We have, um, my husband and I have three children. They are, as, as Pastor Kelvin and I were just talking about, we have two in college and one who's a senior in high school. So we are in that transition phase where we're getting ready to um, to be at empty nesters. And uh, it's awkward. <laughs> uh, but I will say this to anyone. I am not sad. <laughs> say it again, sis. I love my children. I do, I do, I do. And I gave them the best of me <laughs> <laughs> while they were being raised. Do you hear me? Yes, ma'am. I have no regrets. That's right. With them leaving the house. Okay. <laughs> I love them to death, but I have no regrets. I'm excited for them on this next journey in their lives. And I need to be a cheerleader to help them become responsible adults. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Now that just made my whole night out of everything that you said. <laughs> that last statement just uh, let me make it. I'm not sad. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, man. Hey, man. I love them. Hey. I love them to death. Right. But I, I don't have any regrets. You know, like, oh, I wish I could have been there more. I was a very present mama. In the midst of all the things I talked to you about, I was still doing homework. I was wow. still cooking dinner. I was still at the school at PTA meetings. I was still, you know, at their events. You know, they were doing extracurricular activities. Mama was there. They were in my backseat a lot. Wow. <laughs> I made I made it work. I made time for them. And I pray that that pays off, that they are well-adjusted children. And that they wow. know the Lord. <laughs> Man. So I even learned something I didn't know. And maybe you shared it before. And I don't remember. But I didn't know you were an adjunct professor. Mm -hmm. I had done that. Wow. Yeah. You've been busy. I have. I have. You know, one of the things that I think is important is mm -hmm. that you continue to develop yourself. 
Sure. Right. You find those opportunities that you might, you know, like, uh, I don't know that I'm the best at it, but you'll never be better if you don't try to do something new. Right. So right. Um, the, it was a daunting experience to think that I would do that and, and excel at it. But I loved it. OK. I loved it so much that I'm currently creating a curriculum for effective church management. And I have a pastor who is walking alongside me. He's getting all of the benefit of being the first, <laughs> right? So we get pre-recorded lessons. He has assignments. He turns them in. He gets coaching and consulting from me. Wow. And at the end of the day, we, there are 12 classes. They mm -hmm. will all be recorded and they will be available at 180 University. So... <laughs> This is the problem when you have people on your show that pray, because <laughs> as I, you know, because I want to give you some time at the towards the end to just really just do your thing. Um, but one of the things that I had written down mm. <laughs> towards mm -hmm. the end, uh, it dealt with the sons of Issachar. The Bible says of the sons of Issachar in First Chronicles that they were able to tell Israel what to do. They were able to talk about the, you know, the, the seasons, the times, the changes. Mm -hmm. As we are preparing for the end of the year, going into a new calendar year, mm -hmm. um, even the government is about to change for the fiscal year, I believe. <laughs> their, their books are closing. Mm -hmm. But more specifically for the church, where do you see the seasons changing for the church, specifically <clears throat> administratively, going into the next year, uh, because the church, as it were, will never, as it was, will never be the same again. It, I don't care how hard we pray. I don't care how much we wish. Uh, we'll still have brick and mortar, but it will never be the same as it once was. What are you seeing? I know you see spiritually, but coupled with what you, the knowledge that you have, what are you seeing? So, and I'm, I'm just going to be very um, transparent. Mm -hmm. um, I heard the Lord tell me. <clears throat> in no uncertain terms to, to help get his church in order. And, you know, I grappled with that for a little while because I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. <laughs> like, Lord, what are you saying? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> and I had some revelation this past week about what that looks like because I, I was, I postured myself to do what I thought he wanted me to do until the rest was made clear, right? Mm -hmm. So stepping out on faith to say, okay, I'm gonna develop this program. We're gonna develop these courses and uh, see where it goes. And because I took a step, he he extended the path, mm -hmm. right? So I took a step, yeah. more of the path was made, made uh, uh, shown to me, exposed to me. And what I believe that he is, he has asked me to do in this season, and I think this is just relevant to church in general, is that there are some churches who belong to denominations, right? So you have Baptist churches, you have, you know, Episcopal churches, you have um, Presbyterian churches, Lutheran churches, um, you have even, you know, the, the um, uh, full gospel fellowship, you have, you know, they belong to certain denominations. And when a church belongs to a denomination, they also get all the structure that comes with that denomination. That's right. Right. So they may have, especially in, in Protestant uh, mainline denominations, they have they have, you know, uh, pensions for their pastors. They have retirement plans for their pastors. They have, you know, health insurance for their pastors. They have, you know, structural things for, the, for their churches. 
that the pastors are, you know, a call to. So whether it be the bylaws are pretty consistent across the board, whether it is that they have maybe a group purchasing opportunity for different types of software systems or whatever those things are, we have a lot of churches who are a part of denominations who need the same type of support. Oh, and oh. and I believe that that is something that we are lacking. And, and in this season, we need it. We need it for oh. all of our churches because the growing edge of church is not a mainline Protestant denomination. Talk, woman of God, talk, help us. The growing edge of church is a non-denominational, charismatic, Pentecostal type of church. Yes, ma'am. And those churches who are independent don't have the resources. They don't have necessarily the, the structure that has been afforded to other types of churches. That's right. That's right. And so um, and, and when it comes to what I believe God is doing in this season, as far as the church is concerned, you know, we went through a season where we had the mega church. <laughs> you better talk. I see you now. We went through the season where, you know, as as I was listening to a, 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 a interview my husband did this past week, it was like a panel discussion. Yeah, One of the panel discussion uh, folks, uh, uh, panelists uh, said something along the lines of, you know, we've got the church that was a mile long, but just an inch deep. Right. Ooh. So you got these really big churches that That's didn't right. have any power. That's right. That's and right. And that shift, I remember my bishop, Bishop Freeman, saying something about um, how things were getting smaller, but yet more powerful. Mm. Mm. So, so when it comes to the church, we've got a lot of small churches because, you know, the mega church is an anomaly. That's right. Yes, it is. And we have a lot of small churches that have power. <laughs> but if you have power with no structure, you're still ineffective. Woo! Do you see what I'm saying? Say that again, woman of God. If you have what and what, you have no who. If you have power, but you have no structure, you're still ineffective. I'm going to try to type that up. Yes, ma'am. That is an amazing point. I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead, Flo. Go ahead. Do your thing. Yes, ma'am. So, so at the end of the day, as we see this transition where, where we're no longer, uh, we're sort of on this equal or even playing field where it doesn't really matter how many people you had in the sanctuary when the sanctuary is not fully open. <laughs> what matters is the power that you have to affect change across this, this nation or across the world even. That's right. And so if your church has, has all of the trappings of church with, with no power, it's what is it doing? <sighs> And there are churches who have the foundation of, of, of being spirit-filled, um, Holy Ghost-filled, um, churches with gifts and anointing that are lacking structure so they can't be effective. They can't, they can't go and conquer the land. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so there, there is, I think, this rise of the micro church that's powerful. It's a powerful micro church. And uh, you don't have to be. And this is my model for business, my business personally. You don't have to be big to be excellent. That's right. That's not a requirement that you be big. That's right. You can be excellent and small. That's right. You can be a micro church and powerful. That's right. You can that's move right. mountains. <laughs> that's right. Right. And so. And so that's that's where I believe that shift is occurring. 
It is supporting the churches that have power so that it can be effective. So I, we're going to keep going. We're going to dig a little deeper there. So for those of you that are on, if you haven't already, and if you're just coming in, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, Church app, thank you for joining in. Take a moment on the applications that you can and share this. Tag a pastor, tag an executive pastor, tag a new start pastor, because they need to hear what's going to be said on tonight. I want to tell you, uh, when you said that initially, I felt the wave of the spirit. And that may sound strange to somebody because it, and that's okay. But sis, just, let's see, maybe two or three weeks ago, and I don't often get on the pastor's perspective or any of my lives anymore and say a lot of what well, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, right? Mm-hmm. I just teach and go ahead and let the word of the Lord bear itself out to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this case, Lord spoke something to me and he said to me, said to me very clearly, get the church in order. Wow. And so I began to dig and pray a little bit more. And so I too, and it's not one of those things where I'm certain that I I, I know when the Lord is speaking, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not the one that really puts himself out there. You may see me preaching and all that stuff on Facebook and occasionally I'll do Mm -hmm. something, but I'm not the one that naturally grabs the phone and will get on and just drop something out there. I'll I'll do some posting. I I do enjoy doing that, but I I was kind of hesitant to do it. And one of the things the Lord began to put in my heart was to say, let the people know, especially leaders, executive leaders, that they need to get their infrastructure in order. Because in 2021, excuse me, the next year, the 2022, the government is going to start coming after some of the churches. Yep. Those of us that have not gotten things in place, in order, you haven't reached out to people that can help you uh, and and we're just going to put it out there now. We get to this point. The comments that are about to be made are not those of Elder Miriam Perriman Dix. This is a Pastor Kelvin Steele from a pastor's perspective. Amen. Um, because we have to be situated in such a way that we are above reproach. Um, yes. And a lot of this, and this is where someone like Elder Miriam can come in and help your ministry. These things that we're doing, all this cash app all of the stuff without checks and balances, you put in your cash app and say, sending it to me or send it to your church and your church is not tax exempt, you know, and, and you think tax exemption is the devil and all of this stuff. And the season is coming where you are going to have to have this stuff in place. Cash app ministry is going to bite some of you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when it comes to those, you know, ways of giving, having multiple ways of giving is not the problem. It's how you oh, account so for it on the back end. Right. So you can you can you can cash app. You can do timely email, text, give, uh, you know, drop that check off. It doesn't matter. You can give on the website. However it is that you're set up to give. That is not the problem. The problem is how are you tying that back to your organization? How are you accounting for those funds and balancing your books? Because at the end of the day, if someone is giving you resources, you have an obligation to make sure that you give them a tithing report. And how are you going to give someone a tithing report if you have not, or a giving report, maybe I should say, uh, if you have not taken the time to develop those systems to track who gives what? Um, Especially if you are even, well, not especially, even if you are a tax-exempt organization, you got that Mm -hmm. status so that you can, you know, make sure the people of God who are giving can get back from the government what they they deserve. (laughs) 
So, so you mean to tell me, so you mean to tell me, you just went through all of your credentials. You just went through all of your training. You just told us everything. So you know what you're talking about. I'm just saying that for somebody that might be joining us right now. You mean to tell me I can't just say uh, it's given to the Lord and that's all to it? No. <laughs> help us help us so let me let me, let me say this us. because you bring up help a good us. point about you know as you were sensing and hearing what the lord is saying and what's going on um this is this is something that crossed my mind okay mm -hmm. um we have had the opportunity as churches to receive government funding because of the pandemic Got the PPP, the uh, the EDL, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, what was it? Emergency it's disaster Biden. loan, I think Biden. is what it's called. Mm -hmm. um, and then you had the payroll protection program. That's right. And all of those things, even though um, it you wanted to have your paperwork in order as far as having a um, your tax exempt status, you yeah. didn't necessarily have to as a church. Right. So there were churches who were able to get those funds without that tax exempt status. Right? And God bless you. And bless you for it. But guess what? You're now on their roll. You you have put yourself in the government's database that tracks money. That's right. <laughs> and so even though churches have up to this point been exempt from a lot of different things, audits, and um, you don't have to file a 990 as a church, even if you do have tax exempt status. That's right. But that may change. All because of that. It may all change. And you want to make sure that you're in the best position as a church to be able to say that we have been accountable. We held Sorry. ourselves accountable for how we used how we collected and how we use the money of those who gave. Amen. Amen. And I want you to guys to also hear this. Uh, Miriam said it best. It, we're not preaching and I'm not preaching or anyone is preaching against how people give. Mm -hmm. We have to do what we have to do. You know, mm -hmm. the, 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 the landscape has changed, right? Right. right. Uh, even at our recent anniversary, listen, we found five to six different ways. So people didn't have to release cash we don't want to have to deal with that with the cash mm -hmm. we just don't want to have to deal with it right mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. like she said those checks and balances and having those things in place and i tell you as a pastor it it it, it hurts me to see any pastor or church who had the right intentions but bad structure yeah on a yes. hit list Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, and I and I said that just to be a little sarcastic, the days of what God said, and that's great. He did say, but we're about to enter a season. The wind is about to shift where we've got to be accountable for what we're doing. And so when we have someone like uh, Elder Miriam on who has a business that can come in and help you get these things together, or like she said, outsource and find you the people that can help come in. Uh, even with the King's Worship Center, we've had to make some changes. There were things that I wanted to do to basically, Elder Miriam, to enhance the Sunday service, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I've got all mm -hmm. this equipment. There are things that I want to do, mm -hmm. but I had to make a decision. Do I make the investment in those things for just an hour or two on Sunday? Or right. do I invest in the structure? Right. Do right. I invest in making sure the paperwork is together? Because now I'm bivocational like many. You right. know, 
I'm mm-hmm. 60 hours a week on another job. I'm about 60, 70 hours here. I don't have the time to sit down and deal with line items. I don't have the time with, to deal with statements. I don't have the time. So we've got to put some, we had to put somebody in place that can come in and help us deal with those things. Exactly. And so that's the season that we're yep. in. Wouldn't you agree, woman of God? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, If you're going to be commissioned to do a good work, a, a big work, a great work, we're not talking about the size of your organization, right? You can be commissioned to do a great work and be a small organization. That's right. But that commissioning means that there's a responsibility to have systems in place to actually carry out what you've been commissioned to do. Woo. Yes, ma'am. Yes, they, ma'am. They don't commission you in the army without having a, a, a structure. That's right. And a strategy (laughs) at the end of the day. And so, and so I believe that the church is coming into a season of power. That's right. And those who are hearkening this, this, um, or heeding these instructions will be positioned well to take new territory. That's period. You, you, you can, you cannot do any of these things and remain where you are. And miss out on the move of God. That's right. That's right. Or you can heed his instructions. I'm not saying warning. His instruction. That's right. And be positioned to conquer new territory. <sighs> That's good. Uh, Bishop Merritt and I were talking some time ago about structure. And I look back at ourself, uh, this ministry, the King's Worship Center, over the past, I reflect about the past two to three years. And coming out of the pandemic, we've seen more faces. We've seen more people interacting virtually. And, and I thank God for the season of growth, right? Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It's, it's growth for me, right? Somebody mm-hmm. may come in and see what's here on a Sunday. They may be like, that's all. But you don't know what we right, were dealing with. Right, where you come from. You, absolutely. <laughs> so right. it's, you know, when for me, it's about, a based on numbers, it's about 120% growth, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one of the things I realized early on that I failed at not preaching the word of God, not having zeal, not being able to hear, not being able to pray, not being able to cast out demons, but it was having the infrastructure in place to sustain the weight of what was coming. Yep, exactly. And I listened to a, and and I'm teaching a series right now, and it's not about me, but I just want to share this. And I borrowed a statement from Miles Monroe. And he said this when he was talking to uh, to some people, he said, God may not give you what you pray for. God will give you what you can manage. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Elder, I think we we miss the we we know how to have church, especially when you talk about that non-denominational pin, because that's where a lot of us are right now. We're coming out of a lot of these movements, and we're starting a, a, an alternative wave of church. But it's those those structures that has that you could say I was part of the Southern Baptist Association. You could put that down, and it carries weight throughout the Southeast. It also carries weight with other uh, entities that have structure. That's right. So if you're going to the bank Mm -hmm. and you want to borrow money, when you belong to um, an association, uh, let's say it's, you know, the Southern Baptist or, you know, Catholic, whatever it is, they recognize that because there's history there. That's right. So if you're not a part of an association like that, then you have to be 10 times stronger mm. to be recognized 
as as a as a a good prospect. That's right. To lend to. That's you right. You see what I'm saying? So so it it hurts the church when we go to get a loan or we go to the bank and ask for you know a credit line or whatever, and we come in there sloppy. That's right. <laughs> because we don't we didn't track it well. We didn't we we haven't been exposed to you know how is it that we should present our case? Because at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. You're presenting a case that says I am good ground for you guys to lend money to. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I'm just finding out a, a year or so ago uh, with with the church on the administrative side, on the business side, that you there's there's something called a Dunn's number mm-hmm. that determines credit worthiness yep. for your church. Yeah. And now and some um, some uh, what do you call it? Some vendors require a Dunn's number. Mm-hmm. I remember because our church app is on uh, Apple. So Android, right? So you can get it yep. from Apple Android. Mm-hmm. Apple requires that you have a Dunn's number. They don't care your church. <laughs> That's just a part of their process, right? They would not launch it until we had everything in place and the name had mm-hmm. to be correct. The EIN had to be correct. The I mean, they wouldn't launch you. No. They wouldn't launch us until all of those things were accurate and lined mm-hmm. up with everything that we said. Yeah. And I'd work with Dunn's numbers um, as, you know, in the healthcare field or in, you know, um, other fields that I was working in, right. because it's also a way to get contracts from government, from the government, mm. right? So you get a Dunn's number so that you can be uh, eligible for contracting with the government um, as well. And so, but the idea that the church needs one and and that idea is be, that the church needs one or the reason why the church needs one is because we're going into new territory. Talk, talk. We're going into a different area of of uh, industry, economy, commerce. When we start to, you know, have church online with virtual services, and we're using um, these platforms that are um, conducting, if you will, our service across different lines, infrastructure, just like the highway system. It takes you from one territory to another. And if you don't have the right infrastructure, you won't be able to go into that new territory. And so, I mean, you think about, you know, um, platforms like PushPay, they have their own app. They have their own integration software when it comes to how you give. Um, They can provide all types of services. If we're taking credit cards, right, debit cards as a form of payment, there are things that you have to do on the back end. That's right. (laughs) To make sure that you are. Um, uh, in the position to do that. And they're going to make sure they check every, every uh, dot, every I and cross every T if you're going to do that. So we are now entering into more business-like territory, more marketplace-like territory. And if we don't have the infrastructure, we won't survive it. One of my questions was going to deal with that. Where is, is the marketplace, the new territory for the church? <laughs> so... I was praying. I knew I was going to be on here and I got to be prayed up now. So I'm going to be on the pastor's perspective. Let me be prayed up something good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to do my best to give you what I, what I got in prayer. Yes, ma'am. And I thought it was so, um, it was so powerful. It was so impactful. Do you remember the, the parable in Matthew 22 where Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven is like, mm-hmm. and he talks about a king who throws this party. Right. 
for a son who's getting married. And there are people in the city that he invites to the party. Mm-hmm. And he sends a messenger to invite the people to a party. And the messenger, the people kill the messenger. They One, they got too many things to do. Then they kill the messenger. Right. <laughs> he sends another one. And I don't know if he sent two or three, but it, but they, they killed the messenger. And then finally, he tells the last mm-hmm. messenger, go out into the highways mm-hmm. and get people who, who will come to this party, to this celebration. And I believe that's the season we're in. Mm. There are people in the church who, who have better things to do mm-hmm. than to heed the instruction of the king they would rather, you know, go to a game. Uh, they would rather, you know, avoid prayer service. They would rather stay on milk, not on meat. They'd rather for the man of God, the woman of God, to hear, the God, hear from God for them. They That's would right. rather just be lazy and do what they've always done. All right. Than to heed the king's instructions. All right. And... When when the king sent the messenger to the highways, highways represent moving from familiar, like you're moving from familiar to unfamiliar, going out into different places to find people who want to come to this party. Mm -hmm. And what I believe is happening is that we are as as uh, believers, those who are working, those who are messengers, those who are heeding the king's instructions, we are going out into the highway, the marketplace. That's right. That's right. Where people are hungry to come to the party. <laughs> Talk to us. Talk to us. That's They're right. hungry to come to the party. There are people who want the kind of oil that is flowing freely in the church, who don't know it's available and don't know how to get it. That's but right. Guess what? They're not at the church. The people at the church already had the opportunity to get the oil, to heed the instruction, to do the work, to advance the kingdom. But because they have better things to do, there's an opportunity in the marketplace. That's right. For people who who uh, are unchurched. Yes, sir. Who, who want to understand more about this kingdom of God. Who, who, if if trained, if talked to, if if um, communicated with, would do what God called us to do? They would heed the instructions of the king. Yes, ma'am. And so we're we're being sent out into the marketplace because those are the people who who uh, want to come to the party. <laughs> we got to go get who's ready, who wants it, who wants what the king has to offer. And because by virtue of him saying go to the highways, the, that means the people that were invited were local. They were already ooh. a part of the city. Talk to They us. were already Talk in the us. kingdom. They were already in the church. So <laughs> marketplace is the new mission field. I think my husband said that once or twice before. Mm hmm. But the Lord gave me that 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 context about that scripture. People outside of the church have less sometimes baggage who are more willing 
to be on fire for God than those who have been there the whole time. And isn't that what we're seeing? You spoke earlier. That's good. You spoke earlier about the, you know, the smaller packages right now as far as the church, the 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 the, the mm-hmm. micro church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what we're seeing are people that are hungry, just like you said. They are hungry. They don't want the prepackaged, you know, all the other stuff. And I'm finding even now on Sundays. That whether I said this at the church anniversary, whether I have an organ going right. or an iPad with a soundtrack, right. the people are hungry for the word. Yes. And in almost seven years of pastoring, 20 plus years of preaching, it's been this past year that the people have been pulling more word out of me. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able, I mean, and I, I when I, we were talking in the back room earlier and I was trying to preach a little bit, playing, uh, joking around. It's been so long since I've been able to do that because the people are not that preaching is because, you know, I love it now because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying the <laughs> doing that them putting such a demand that you've got to see God. You got to have the word because people want to know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They want they want some practical application. They don't want to. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with worship. There's nothing wrong with with, you know, worshiping the Lord, being in the in the in community, in the congregation um, and all the things we do in church. Mm-hmm. Where we struggle is what do we do when we're not there the other six days of the week. That's, that's where that's where the struggle comes in. And it's it's not I know this is not everyone. If you're the type of person who is going to church, you're getting that word, you're actually carrying that word out wherever you are. You're not just talking about it and quoting scripture. You're living the word. You're being the word. Right. Um, And wherever you are in the marketplace, at home, all that sort of thing. This is not a word for you. But the people who are, you know, coming to church. (laughs) That are. in, In the way this text reads. It said that they killed the messenger. Mm-hmm. That's likened to the people who drain the pastor. The pastor is there to tell you, to let you know, to announce what is going on in the kingdom. That's right. And when the pastor gets there, you got other stuff to do or you stone him. <laughs> <laughs> the pastor is being drained by people who who just want to get a word, get a word, get a word, get a word. What you got next? What you got next? What you got next? You know, forcing you to be a content creator and and, and not really transforming. Woo! Killing the messenger. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It's not to pass the job to force anybody to Christ. It's just not. That's right. <laughs> if you want him, you seek him. And 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 I believe that's why we're we're seeing this because the church has to change. And if oh. the people in the church don't want to mm-hmm. change, there'll be new people who heed the instruction. One of my bishops of my was talking to me the, uh, the uh, other day. I don't know where that feedback is coming from. I got to figure that out. But um, and he was saying to me how his church doesn't even look the same. Like he's having to go and rechange and 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 modify some of the systems that he's had in place previously 
because the influx of people that he's seeing, one, are unchurched. Mm-hmm. And so he's having to go back. And I say that's a good problem to have. Right. It is. I'll, I'll take the unchurched and disciple mm-hmm. them because a lot of the ones, and this is not a not, and this is not everybody. So please hear the context from our discussion yep. tonight. Because sometimes it's easier to take someone who has no knowledge, give them the information, disciple them versus trying to take someone that had it and recycle them. Yeah. Now, I get that. My husband says that about me all the time. So I didn't grow up in church, right? Right. (laughs) As I said earlier, I got saved at 23. I had a a whole lot of living going on before 23. (laughs) (laughs) And so... And, and, you know, the Bible says this, too, that you come to the, you come as a babe. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to come to Christ as a babe. And that means, you know, divorcing yourself from everything that you think, you know, because mm-hmm. none of us ever been to the kingdom of heaven before. That's right. Right. And be open to continual learning and development. And um, when I came into the church, I was just, you know, uh, bright eyed, bushy tail, like what we doing? Like, That's what's right. going on now? What can we do next? I didn't have any preconceived ideas about what church is supposed to be like, who people are supposed to act like, what you're supposed to wear, how it's supposed to be done. I didn't have any of that. And so I could be just sort of a, um, not just an open book, but just I could be uh, fertile ground for what That's needed right. to be planted. That's right. Right. And so even now, I love the Lord. I study. I read his word. Um, I'm into, you know, teaching and preaching. I love to hear. I love to receive. Um, But at the end of the day, all of it's good to me. (laughs) Like, I I don't have to be like, oh, well, he 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 ain't Baptist. So I can't listen to them or or they they speaking in tongues. So um, I don't know about that. I receive all of it. That's right. (laughs) Because I don't have, I didn't have a prejudice coming into it. You didn't have those hangups. And that's, that's the exciting part about the season change. Mm -hmm. That really, really is because the Lord is really sending in uh, those types of people. And I think Dr. Mose, the prophet Mose even said something similar to that uh, when we had him. So, I mean, we're in the vein. So those things are exciting. I'm going to shift on you just a little bit. I'm going to pull some management out of you. Just, I'm going to give you some words. We'll give you some words. (laughs) <laughs> and I want you to tell me what they mean to you. And then we're going to go into the next phase of questions. And I'm going to get ready to cut you loose. Well, no, I'm not. Here just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll throw some words at you. Management. Right. Management. What What do I uh, what does it mean hear to you? when you say that? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. Bringing order out of chaos. All right. When, when, um, when it comes to management, and I learned this as a uh, as an intern, um, a fellow, if you will, mm-hmm. working with executives, they say, "What you measure, you manage." Another way of saying it is, "What you monitor, you manage." So, when it comes to moving an organization in a certain direction, you can't do that. If you don't monitor things, if you don't measure certain things to know what direction you're going in, otherwise it's chaos. It's like, we're going to do this today and this tomorrow, this next week and this, how, what have you measured to understand whether or not it's working? And management is sort of this culmination of monitoring and measuring so that you can move in the direction you desire to go in. 
management, and ministry? Management and ministry. <laughs> the first thought comes to mind is they're not mutually exclusive. Okay. Okay. You will find examples in scripture where there was management going mm -hmm. on with ministry. That's right. When they fed the 5,000, they managed how that process was going to work. When they built the tabernacle, they managed how that process was going to work. Mm -hmm. When they built the temple, they managed. Nehemiah, come on, overseer. Nehemiah was managing the process of rebuilding the walls. <laughs> Talk. Yes, ma'am. So, so management and ministry are not uh, exclusive, mutually exclusive. They can exist together. And they do. And we have proof of it in the Bible. All right, woman of God, let's keep trucking. <laughs> All right. All right. Work the word. Did work the word. <laughs> Diligence. Diligence. I don't know if this is one of your words, but you can't have diligence without focus. All right. All right. When, when you know that there's a work that you are supposed to do, mm -hmm. ministry, marketplace, whatever it is, you have to have focus mm -hmm. to be able to accomplish that work. But focus alone doesn't get the work done. The diligence does. <laughs> so the focus is the target. The diligence is the work. <laughs> You've got to right. have a, a discipline of work, a work ethic. Talk if to you're going us. to meet that, that target, hit that target and accomplish what it is that you set out to accomplish. Mastery. Expertise. Mastery is expertise. When uh, Moses got the instructions for building the tabernacle, God did not leave Moses to do all the building himself. Uh-huh. He appointed two master builders, hey. Aholiab and Bezalel. And he gave them wisdom mm -hmm. and craftiness. <laughs> he gave them expertise to build the thing in which he wanted built, built the way he wanted built. Mm. So when God gives you a plan, he's not into anything sloppy. Talk to us. Talk to us. Talk to us. We got, what, 15, 16 chapters in Exodus devoted to how he wanted a thing built? <laughs> At least. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Yes, ma'am. He's not into sloppy. He's into having things done with excellence. And you cannot do that without mastery. And he ensured that people would be in the right place to do what he called them to do in an excellent way. 
For those of you out there, I want you to hear what she's saying behind Master as well. So you still had Moses who had an assignment. Yes. But God assigned him people that would be Uh diligent to manage what God wanted him to have done because Mm -hmm. he couldn't do it all himself. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. It's the truth anyhow. For those those that are out there that are emerging leaders, and I'm going to shift into that in just a little bit, and then I'm going to get you out of here. I want you to hear what the woman of God is saying with management, diligence, mastery. There will be people that will help you, but you've got to be able to hear God well enough to know who they are. Mm -hmm. Next word I want to throw, it's really two in one, gifted, talented. When you hear those two words. You know, when I hear those words, I really think about anointed. Mm -hmm. Because you can have a gift and use it for lots of different things outside of the kingdom of God. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, you really can. Yes, you can. You can be successful without God. Yes, you can. Uh, I think I heard this this week. Um, Not sure which conversation because I've been in so many, but (laughs) (laughs) the, the devil tempted Jesus with all the things of the world. That's right. So obviously you don't have to have Jesus to get the things of this world. You can be gifted and talented and do whatever you want with that gift and talent and the world will still reward you. That's right. Ooh. But if you're going to be rewarded in the kingdom, you need some anointing to go with that gift and that talent. Ooh. The world. Because the oil of anointing yes, ma'am. is what's going to set you apart. That's, that's, what, that's where the power is. <laughs> that's where the power is. And I had I had uh, written this down sometime uh, in the last couple of weeks or so. It's almost like um, the 10 wise and 10 foolish, the virgins, mm-hmm. right? The wise ones always had oil in their lamp. Mm. And what that looks like practically is being connected, being in the flow. You stay under the word. You stay You stay in communication with the Father. You have oil in your lamp. That's right. Because when it comes time for you to be commissioned to a work, you're already ready. That's right. That's right. Right? And That's you can right. be sent out. And on top of that, you can hear. Ooh. You can hear the Lord say, it's time for you to go back to school now. It's time for you to start that business now. It's time for you to, to move into a new territory now. You can hear the Lord when he's talking to you because you got oil in your lamp. That's it. That's it. So so the gift and the talent is still subject to the anointing. Elder, let me ask you a question, and then I'm going to um, give you a few minutes to share whatever the Lord has laid on your heart, and then we're going to exit on out of here for the night so you can uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Yes, sir. (laughs) So for the emerging leaders, the emerging pastors, the emerging uh, CEOs, the emerging business owners, the emerging entrepreneurs, the all of these people that are emerging, we've talked about management, diligence, mastery, prepare for the next season. How would you 
advise them going into the next calendar year? If you could say, yes, ma'am, go ahead. Stay close. Woo! In the season, you need to stay close to hear the word of the Lord. There is going to be a lot of shifting occurring around you. Structures are going to be shifting. Um, seats that were occupied by people who had once had authority and power now only have authority without the power. And those seats are going to be vacated. And all of what you have learned through this pandemic was the training you need to occupy those seats. What happened with Saul was that he got so full of himself that he didn't heed the instruction of God. And he still kept the seat without the power. Wow. But during that time, David, who had the, the training with the bear and the lion, who had the training with, with Goliath, he was going through a season of turbulence a season of, of really just trying to stay alive That's right. <laughs> before he was ever put into the seat. But he was only able to survive that season because he stayed close. Ooh. You have to stay close through here because your opportunity is coming sooner than you think. That opportunity for elevation that opportunity for your next, that next level, that opportunity to actually use the gift that has already the anointing, that is coming sooner than you think, but you gotta stay close. You gotta stay close. I wanna take just a moment. You, you just poured out a great deal right there. I know you've been in prayer prior to coming on. It's your routine anyway. And we pulled quite a bit out of you tonight in just a short time, just a short time. I got to get you back for a part three because um, we didn't even really get to. Well, yeah, we did. <laughs> but I had some more, stri some more strategic questions around management, placement, um, just, just some other things going on. But I want to respect your time. Was there anything else that the Lord laid on your heart for us on tonight? I think I think uh pulled it out that I poured it out tonight. I'm 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 still in the posture of listening, but I believe that the the word of the Lord that that was burdening my heart <laughs> released it has, has been released. So well then praise God I did my job. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, you did. Listen, family, thank you for joining us tonight on A Pastor's Perspective. I want to take a moment, and we're going to end out in prayer. And, Elder, if you would get prepared after we do a couple things, I'll let you close us out in prayer, please, ma'am. Um, right on the screen, you see my guest's information, Miriam E. Dix, amen, 180 Management Group, Greenville, South Carolina. You see her website information is right there. She's also on Facebook for those that are on or those that will see this on the replay do me the huge honor and go to her Facebook page and like it to any of my pastor brothers and sisters that are out there that may need someone to come in and help your church administratively. Listen, there's no shame in seeking, seeking help. Listen, I manage another person's business all day long, but I still have to have help managing the church's business. 
Amen. Because I want to make sure things are not only excellent on Sunday morning, but I want them to be excellent all week long. Amen. And that requires help. And this woman of God, for those of you that wonder, she has the credentials, the backing, the information, the insight, the knowledge, the book knowledge, and the spiritual insight to help you. Amen. And whatever she does not possess, she knows how to get her hands on it. So look her up. Get at her. Amen. I promise you she will be a blessing to your ministries and your businesses alike. Amen. So look her up on Facebook. Look her up on uh, website. Check her out. Inbox her. Like her. Follow her. Hashtag her. All of that good stuff. 180 Management Group. Amen. And for those of you that are on a pastor's perspective, maybe this is your first time. If you would do me a favor, you could head over to my ministry page, Kelvin Steele Ministries, or Pastor's Perspective and like that page. You can also, if you'd like to go back and get the audio, download of this broadcast you can go to itunes google play anchor fm or spotify wherever your finer um podcasts are and do me the honor of downloading a pastor's perspective liking and subscribing to it amen we had a little issue with my ministry page tonight which is why you know but god still got the glory anyhow Thank i'm excited know. about the guest that we had on tonight she did an amazing job i always love having you on Thank Next you. Thursday, I will have my sister, my friend from Columbia, South Carolina. I'm going to put the flyer up. It's going to block me and Elder Elder Miriam just for a moment. But join me next week on A Pastor's Perspective where I will have attorney Ashley Myers Jackson on. And we will be talking about estate planning. Amen. We're going to talk some 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 legal stuff. Amen. I really want you to get things in order. That's one of the burdens that's on my heart this year for the people that I pastor more so than anything else is how are your finances? How do you have a will? Do you have insurance? Things yeah. that the Bible teaches are principles, kingdom principles that we're supposed mm -hmm. to have in order. Management. How do we have structure? How do we get those things in order? Listen, if you hear this and you have questions that maybe we didn't get to tonight, you can inbox me. And when I have Elder Miriam back on, I'll give her those questions and she can answer and help provide some direction for us. Amen. So thank you all again for joining us tonight. Elder Miriam, it's always an honor and a privilege to have you. If you, you would do me the greater honor on tonight, lead us in prayer. And from there, we'll get on out of here. Yes, sir. Father God, we thank you tonight for this opportunity to come together and to really just hear what it is that you would have us do, how it is that we could work together. Uh, also to, to uh, show us what it is that we need to be working on individually. Maybe there are some things that we haven't done as it relates to following those instructions. But God, I pray right now that someone's ears are opened on tonight. And not only are their ears open, but their heart is open as well. They want to come to the celebration. They want to be a part of the kingdom of God on earth. So God, I pray right now that you give them a, a renewal, a restoral, a restoring, a restoration. Yes, Lord. So that whatever it was that was blocking their path in the past no longer is a roadblock or a stumbling block for what it is they're going to do in the future. God, I pray right now that the oil of anointing flows in their life, oh God, that become, they become stronger. They become more of a witness to you, that they are emboldened. They are empowered to do a work. God, I pray right now for anyone who was feeling intimidated, my God, who was feeling intimidated because they didn't feel like they had what it took to go into this next level. God, let them know that everything that they have been through 
how they've had to change their work style, how they've had to change their communication style, how they've had to change their time management, how they had to change maybe certain systems and processes and ways of doing things. All of those things were working for their good for this next season, their next season of elevation and increase. God, I pray right now that you give them a sense of safety that they are who they need to be moving into that next season, oh God, so that they can do a mighty work in Jesus' name. God, I pray right now for every leader who is out there listening to this podcast as well, God. I pray right now, God, that your your hedge of protection surrounds them, that you dispatch your roaring angels around them. So when at times when they feel like they're being sucked dry or being stoned as a messenger, that they still are protected in Jesus' name. <laughs> You are still doing the work that God has called you to do. You just might have to go out to the highways and the byways to see what God has planned for his children. So God, I pray right now that some leader also feels empowered to do that, that you don't have to pastor like you've always pastored. You don't have to lead like you've always led. You don't have to preach like you've always preached before. You can do a new thing in this season and God will still be a rewarder of those who are diligent. God, I thank you right now for everyone who has joined this broadcast today. Give them the desires of their heart. Yes, Lord. Somebody has been crying out to you saying, Father, when is it going to be my turn? Father, I've, I've done all these things and I still feel as though I can't seem to see the light. God, I pray right now that they're comforted, that they're put on the right path, hmm. that you're a lamp unto their feet, oh God, and a light unto their path. Have your way in our lives, oh God. We give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Yes, and let all God's children say, amen. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. Bless your name. Bless your name. Listen, right before we leave on tonight, I want to say to you, don't be afraid to move forward. Mm. Yes, sir. Don't be afraid to move forward. I need you all to hear this on tonight. Because you're going to have to take what the fearful leave behind. There's a bountiful harvest for those that won't be afraid to move forward. Yes, sir. Word ain't for everybody, but you know who you are on tonight. That just spoke to somebody. Somebody's spirit yes, just is. quickened. Hallelujah. Don't you be afraid. Hallelujah. Don't you be afraid. God has given you instruction. God has given you direction. Listen. Uh, there's help all around you. God needs you to first do, first follow the first word. Don't be afraid to move forward. Amen. Amen. I know that there's a lot of things we've got to have in order. There's structures we got to have in place. Yep. That we have to do. We talked all about that tonight. Now we're shifting a little bit to faith. Faith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. I need you all to hear that on tonight. Mm. I just believe even with every, you know, God is just God. Amen. He's sovereign. He is. He is. He's sovereign. For those that have been willing and obedient and hearken diligently to him, listen, you're going to reap that. For those that choose not to listen because he's a, He's God, he's sovereign, he's a God of principles, then you know what? Whatever you do, you got to get it back. Amen. That's just who God is. But there's a remnant of you out there tonight. God has spoken and you're continuing to pray, you've been fasting, you've been seeking, and you've been asking him, yes. don't be afraid. Because the fearful are going to run and leave behind <laughs> what you're going to pick up 
to bless you. Yes, Lord. My God. My God. I, I continue to see. It's going to sound weird. I, in my mind, I see the word clientele. Ah, yeah. Yes, son. Ah, I see doors that are beginning to open. I see doors beginning to open that are doors. And behind the doors, I see the word blessing. Um, mm. Listen, it, have faith. Put your plan in place. But have faith. Don't be afraid to move. The the word that I got for a client this week, and I think it's still very appropriate for this space because it was appropriate to us as, as leaders in our own church, was build and manage. There are some things that you have to build. You can't leave it to other people to build. You're just, you have to build it. And God can send you people who can manage it. But they, <laughs> everyone is not a builder. So you build it. Even if that means you build it and somebody else just pushes a button. That's it. Somebody else just turns it on. Somebody else just comes in and, you know, welcomes the people. Whatever that thing is, you build it. Because you have the blueprint for it. And you build it so somebody else can manage it. And then as time goes on, you might find other people who can build under you and manage too. But it starts with, you have the blueprint, you build it. You build it. And, I, and I'm, I'm supposed to teach in the morning and, and the title that I had for the lesson tomorrow was Focus Forward. Mm. Focus Forward. Because <laughs> you you have to be focused. What we, what we have done, and I'm not going to go too far into it, but what we have done is we have diluted our effectiveness because we try to do too many things. Notice I didn't say build it and manage and do everything yourself. I said build it because you have the blueprints. That's something only you can do. But there comes a time when you have to focus on the things that you are uniquely gifted and anointed to do. So you don't dilute the gift. My God. Focus. Focus. I don't believe this word is for someone on tonight. I pray that you receive it. I pray that you hear it. I know it because I felt it. I felt a quickening. There. God is giving you instruction, practical information, not something you can't apply. God is helping us to be wise master builders. Yes, so once again, <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Wise now. Emphasis on wise. Wise master, builders. <laughs> wise master builders, elder. Wise master. Wise. Builders. We are we are tearing ourselves apart, running ourselves ragged, thinning ourselves out, because we're not focused. We're trying to do it all. <sighs> but if you're going to be effective in your building, you got to know that you can be a general contractor. You better talk. <laughs> you the architect you need you can have a general contractor 
Amen. Listen, we love you guys on tonight because you get us going. We we'll, we we'll stay here for a while once the oil starts flowing. It's what it is. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I praise God for the anointing of God on your life. Once again, we seal these the word of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. So those of you that believe, that have the faith to believe, so be it unto you. Amen. I praise God. I see my King's Worship Center family popping in tonight. God bless you. We love you guys. Oh, it's, you know, if I keep you another five minutes, it's going to be on, right? I'm, but I'm trying to leave you be. Amen. So we praise God for everything that has been done once again. Please take a moment, like the, like, like the share it, download the podcast, check out my sister's page and her website. Listen, she, she's a blessing to the kingdom. Join me next week, 7 p.m. for Pastor's Perspective. As always, sit down for me for a moment until we speak. Peace about Welcome to a pastor's perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because he overcame. We are to always pray. And everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well-respected. And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective.